Reliving the War episode 165, another week, another Monday night battle between the WWF and WCW. It's the 21st of December, so Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. He's an animal! An animal! An animal! Raw comes from Spokane, Washington, while Nigel takes place in St. Louis, Missouri. Tonight, Vince McMahon's leaving Shane McMahon in control of Raw. Vince has a holiday bonus for the corporation too, a little later on, but right now he's gonna leave and prepare for the 1999 Royal Rumble. Pat Patterson and Jerry Briscoe are responsible for Shane's actions tonight, so that's not very fair, is it? Meanwhile, on Nitro, the show opens up with a recap of all the dastardly things Eric Bischoff's pulled off since the NWO debuted in WCW. All of these things pale in comparison to what Eric did on Thunder this past week though. Bischoff brought Ric Flair's kids into the ring to apologise for everything he said about their dad, but to the surprise of about four people, David Flair got attacked while Young Reed was scooped up by Brian Adams. Bischoff even gave Mrs. Flair a big sloppy kiss. Barry Windham got involved in the beatdown too. And speaking of Barry, Mr. Windham's got himself a match later tonight against uh, uh, Van Hammer. Okay. So Eric was being a disingenuous creep last week on Nitro, and for what it's worth, the fans in attendance last week fell for it hook, line, and sinker. This week's jam up guy is Albert Butler. Albert met the man called Sting, and not only did Albert show off his WCW belt, he also had on his sweet excellent shirt. Thanks for sending in your photo Albert and thanks to everyone who purchased the shirt at chinlocks.com. Right, our number one of Nitro, let's get started. Nitro's in the TWA Dome tonight, they have a massive crowd on hand and Mike Tanay's super excited about being at this venue. The guys are hyping up Starcade which takes place later in the week and as always it will get covered on the channel. So do me a solid and hit subscribe and turn on notifications, it's gonna be a pretty noteworthy pay per view. Scott Hall vs Goldberg gets announced as the Nitro main event tonight as Fit Finley and Scott Putzke make their way to the ring to open up the show. And this match is pretty odd, odd because it goes for 13 and a half minutes and it even continues after the first commercial break, you don't usually get this in the opening match on Nitro. I know I complain all the time about Nitro having short matches, but I do think the additional time could have been spent on a different match. Still, fair play to Finley, he gave Putzke his best match in WWE. CW to date and probably ever, but it's also Scott Putzke so we know he isn't gonna win, he just doesn't win matches unfortunately. Finley puts Scott away with a tombstone pile driver. a good match but I just lack any investment in the competitors at all unfortunately. Ernest Miller came to the ring and he began putting himself over and threatening fans sitting at ringside. He was interrupted by Santa Claus on the entranceway and Miller said this was the ugliest Santa he had ever seen. Santa gets inside the ropes, Miller says somebody call my mama because I'm about to whoop Santa, but it turns out old Chris Kringle knows a thing or two about suplexing cocky and arrogant wrestlers. It's Saturn Claus and when Miller notices that Santa is actually his arch nemesis he quickly gets out of the ring. No presents for you this year, Mr. Cat. Chavo Guerrero and Pepe took on Kaz Hayashi next and seeing as Hayashi is another guy who can't get a win these days, the outcome was again very predictable. Chavo secures the win with his Tornado DDT. Kevin Nash then comes out to talk about Starcade and when he gives a shout out to Bill Goldberg, the crowd boos. This doesn't bode very well, does it? 
now says he finally gets his shot this Sunday. We have all witnessed Goldberg's rise to superstardom, and after confirming the undefeated streak to be at 173-0, Kevin reminds the fans that he was once a world champion too, and apparently he had 190 title defenses without losing any of them. You know me, this is the kind of nonsense I like to check in on, and I counted 77 successful defenses from Diesel when he was WWF champ. Still not a bad number at all, but you're about 100 short there, Kevin. Nash says while Goldberg's being the face of the company, Kevin's getting ready for the big fight. Nash warned Goldberg to stay focused, and it looks like Billy Boy may have lost that focus. With a smile on his face, Kevin says to be the man, you gotta beat the man, and the crowd pops when Nash says he's gonna kick Goldberg's ass at Starcade. No matter what you may think of this Starcade match, one thing is undeniable. Kevin Nash was insanely over in WCW during this time period. Perry Saturn told Mean Gene that Raven's been in and out of therapy over a number of years and Raven says that's none of Okerlund's business. Raven then says the only reason his mom showed up last week was to get herself on television after seeing Judy Bagwell show up on Nitro and Kenyon tells Raven to catch a grip. So Raven punches his friend and that's when Mummy Raven shows up once again. Mummy Raven says Scott needs help, he needs to come home and he needs to see his doctor. Raven says his mum doesn't care about him but he eventually relents and he agrees to go back home. Eric Bischoff then made the mistake of coming out to cut a promo. He laughs while apologizing for Ric Flair's absence tonight, but what Eric didn't know was that the horseman just arrived at the building. That was a fast recovery for Flair, wasn't it? While Bischoff continues to talk trash in the ring, the horsemen take out Scott Norton backstage. Flair then dashes down to the ring to get Eric, but Eric runs back up the rampway just like last week. Flair returns to the ring and he says Bischoff and Wyndham will die in this arena if the Nature Boy gets a hold of them. Interesting choice of words there after last week, but yeah, the Nature Boy looks 100% to me, so false alarm folks, he's all good. The corporation cut a promo to open up Raw. On Nitro, Raph takes on Lismark Jr. I bet Lismark Jr. wins that one. Shane McMahon has the keys to the kingdom and he says we're going to do things the Shane McMahon way tonight on Raw, but he's immediately interrupted by D-Generation X who clearly have other plans. Shane may have the keys to the kingdom, but DX have the keys to the boiler room. Mankind joins DX on the stage and Shane says there must be a loser convention going on right now. Very good. Triple H and the fans called Shane an asshole, so Shane's gonna make life difficult tonight for DX and McFoley. First, the Outlaws. The Outlaws won't get a tag team title rematch. Instead, Shawn Michaels books Billy Gunn against Ken Shamrock and the Road Dog against the Big Boss Man. Triple H and X Pac are gonna go up against The Rock in the corporate insurance policy test. And then Shane drops a bombshell when he says that he's gonna face mankind. It won't be a parking lot brawl like last week, it's gonna happen in the middle of the ring. Briscoe and Patterson are beside themselves and they know this is bad, but Shane wants to get revenge for his dad and he promises to kick Mick Foley's ass. In response to this challenge, Mick Foley and Triple H laugh at the boy wonder, and Mick wraps it up by saying he, DX and the fans would love to see Shane try it tonight in the middle of the ring. Mick Foley gives his best crotch chop on the stage as the promo ends, so we now know four matches that are going to take place tonight on Raw. Sounds like a good one. Backstage, Dilo isn't happy that Mark Henry's organized some female companionship tonight instead of focusing on his tag team match. Mark says not to worry, he can take care of business both outside the ring and inside the ring. Dilo doesn't seem to agree. 
On Nitro, Lismark Jr. made the dumb choice of actually trying to fight Wrath. His dropkick had no effect on the big man, so Wrath had a dropkick of his own that sent Lismark out of the ring. Wrath messed his opponent up on the outside while using a chair to his advantage, and back in the ring, Wrath stopped an aerial attack with his old finisher, the death penalty. Lismark takes the meltdown, Wrath wins, the body count continues, but so do the diminishing returns. Next on Nitro, we have Rey Mysterio vs Eddie Guerrero, again. On Raw, it's Funky Vampire Gangrel vs Al Snow. The crowd chant We Want Head as Al lays in a few headbutts at the opening bell. A jumping back elbow floored Gangrel, but Snow then walked straight into a power slam and Gangrel followed this up with a tropping suplex. Al tries sliding under Gangrel's legs to gain control. It doesn't work out too well at first, but Snow blocks a punch and he's able to floor Gangrel, this time with a clothesline. Snow then goes for a superplex, he gets pushed off the top rope and the vampire flies with a crossbody but unfortunately it only gets him a 2. The match ends with Gangrel countering a reverse DDT but Snow comes right back with a snowplow. Al Snow beats Gangrel on Raw but just like last week, the lights in the arena begin flickering red and we can see Edge and Christian beating up Snow after the bell. The lights come back on and Al Snow's taking a bath. During a commercial break, Snow goes absolutely crazy, even his job squad teammates can't console him. Switching over to Nitro, it's Rey Mysterio vs Eddie Guerrero once again and I've honestly lost count of how many Guerrero vs Mysterio matches we have covered on the channel now. Eddie says the LWO is supposed to be about the whole group, it's not about a single individual. And Eddie says he needs to teach Rey another lesson, he wants to injure Rey before his upcoming Starcade Cruiserweight title triangle match. That match is scheduled to feature Rey Mysterio, Hooven Guerrero and Billy Kidman. Ray strikes first with a monkey flip, but Guerrero throws Mysterio into the guardrail while standing on the outside. Back in the ring, Mysterio finds himself in the gory special and Eddie transitions into a neckbreaker. This looked great, by the way. And Mysterio then gets stretched out for a bit on the mat. Ray then suplexes Eddie to the outside, but Eddie makes his opponent pay with a top rope hurk and Rana back inside the ropes. In a throwback to Halloween Havoc 97, Eddie then tries to rip Mysterio's mask off his head, but the referee stops Eddie from revealing Ray's face to the world. From here, Guerrero dominates. Ray, and when Ray gets a break with a head scissor takedown, Eddie begins focusing on the knee, even locking Ray in an STF just before commercial break. We come back to see both men trying to pin each other, but neither has any success. Mysterio then takes a brain buster, and Eddie signals for the end. Ray dodges the frog splash, but he ends up taking a clothesline. And in another callback to Halloween Havoc, Eddie ends up crotching himself on the ring post, and this allows Ray to perform a diving attack to the outside. It doesn't stop there, we see the baseball slide head scissor spot from Halloween Havoc 2, and it's actually a lot of fun seeing these guys revisit that classic from 1997. A somersault senton only gets Ray a 2, and Eddie replies with a power bomb. Look at that, my god. And Ray tries to win it with another head scissor takedown, but he has no luck. The referee takes a bump, and Spider tries to help Guerrero out. Eddie's bodyguard ends up taking a dropkick though, and Ray hits a springboard X factor, but there's no referee to end the match. So Billy Kidman shows up. Kidman wants a piece of Eddie, but he accidentally hits Ray and Eddie's able to win via pinfall. It's another great match between these two and it proves that you should never skip over any match these two are involved in. Top work right here from Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio.
Billy Gunn takes on Ken Shamrock on Raw while Scott Steiner cuts a promo on Nitro. The crowd chants Shamrock sucks and Billy Gunn loves it. Badass also loves getting out of an attempted submission hold from the world's most dangerous man. Shamrock goes for it again and he gets punched in the mouth this time and Billy mocks Kenny boy. I'm not sure you want to do that pal. Gunn then delivers a flying forearm before putting the IC champ in an armbar and Shamrock just can't get started here. He takes a back elbow before getting put in the armbar again and Billy lays the boots in when the match goes to the corner. A short arm clothesline finally puts Billy down and Ken then begins focusing on the left knee. Billy gets his leg wrapped around the ring post before Kenny Boy grabs a chair, but the referees have none of it and the chair gets taken away. The crowd again chant Shamrock sucks and Ken wants to put every one of these bastards in an ankle lock. Like last week, Billy crumbles to the mat after an Irish whip, but he's gonna get no mercy from Kenny Boy. Shamrock delivers a Frankensteiner that only gets him a two, but he keeps the pressure on with a fisherman suplex. BA gets a break when Shamrock gets thrown into the ropes, his follow up schoolboy pin only gets a two, but Billy then counters a victory roll attempt and Billy Gunn wins. We have a new IC champion tonight on Raw's War. Shawn Michaels then makes an appearance. Oh no, he tells Billy to wait up. Billy gets reminded that this was actually a non-title match. Shawn didn't say the championship was on the line, even though the ring announcer said as much at the beginning of the bout. The title wasn't up for grabs and therefore Ken Shamrock is still Intercontinental Champion. Billy Gunn tells Shawn to pucker up and Shamrock takes offense to this little gesture, so Billy gets wiped out and the corporation head back up the ramp. Michael Cole says the corporation robbed DX tonight, but really they didn't. HBK was right, he never said it was an IC title match. On Nitro, Scotty Steiner says his body's not just for show, it can go. When he gets the ladies under the cover, he promises to be their righteous lover. This man is a treasure. Last week, Steiner said he's recruiting top athletes into the NWO and tonight he has someone very special joining the faction, St. Louis' own Mark McGuire. Mark's here tonight and there he is, the home run king. Bonus points for the NWO tricycle, that's brilliant. Steiner says he's one of McGuire's biggest fans, Buff McGuire says he loves wrestling and he loves the NWO, and Steiner says wow, Mark's a bigger redneck than he originally thought. After more typical trolling and after Buff and Scott make fun of McGuire for taking testosterone producing pills, the lads try to burn Mark's Cardinals jersey but that doesn't work out too well. So they set fire to the cap instead and they get a ton of heat for doing this. Tony Schiavone has to apologize to the fans and the family of Mark McGuire afterwards while Bobby Heenan holds back his laughter. Norman Smiley vs Prince Ikea on Nitro. Oh no, a Road Warrior Hawk promo on Raw. Unfortunately, this Nitro match is only given about two and a half minutes, but that's okay. I came for the wrestling, but I'll stay for the wiggle. The Prince thinks he's all that with his diving pin attempt, but Norman gets up and Prince takes a back elbow. Ikea then goes for a roll up, but not today, Prince. He instead gets a great view of the Norman shuffle. Ikea goes for another pin attempt, and this time he gets the big wiggle. Ikea should just keep trying to pin Norman so we can keep saying these dance moves. Ikea performs a Samoan drop and Norman tries to lock in the Norman Conquest. He's unsuccessful at first, but he gets it applied on a second try and Norman wins via submission. Who can stop this man from his inevitable climb to the very top of World Championship Wrestling? Let me answer that for you right now. No one. No one can stop Norman Smiley. Sorry, Norman Smiley. 
Hawk returned on Sunday Night Heat and he cost Straws a match against Al Snow, but tonight he says it's time to let the cat out of the bag and let everyone in on a dark little secret. Ooh. Draws apparently is the pusher, Draws is the enabler. Hawk says he's clean and he doesn't need to cover for Darren anymore, and this prompts Draws to come down to the ring. Hawk says Draws was his supplier, Draws wanted to make Hawk look unreliable in the eyes of animals so Darren could sneak in and take Hawk's spot in the Legion of Doom. These are some absolutely wild accusations and you would never see something like this on TV today, it's absolutely crazy. Hawk says LOD stands for Legion of Doom and Lords of Discipline, and when Hawk heals up he's gonna discipline Darren Drozdaw for what he did. So Draws attacks Hawk from behind and here comes Road Warrior Animal. Animal throws Draws off Hawk and Draws says I don't need you anymore as the crowd chant LOD. So it looks like Hawk and Animal may be getting back on track. Jerry Lawler hilariously said there's no drugs in the WWF at the end of the promo and not a single soul believed him watching at home. Not not a single soul. We find out that Big Mark Henry's got a hot date tonight with Terry and Jackie. He leaves to get busy with the Pretty Mean Sisters and Delo's upset that his partner's choosing the ladies over this tag team match later tonight. Barry Windham vs Van Hammer on Nitro, Steve Blackman vs The Blue Blazer on Raw. Michael Cole wonders why Owen Hart wouldn't just face Steve Blackman tonight without the mask, but that's not Owen Hart. Owen comes out and he says enough's enough and it's time for a change. Owen says again that he's not the Blue Blazer and Steve Blackman's a liar, I absolutely love it. The Blazer launches an attack and he pulls off an Owen Hart-esque insecurity while the King of Hearts joins the commentary table. Blackman goes in control and Owen says if he's the Blue Blazer then who the hell's that in the ring right now fighting Steve Blackman? And hey, he's got a point. He also says what we saw last week was tampered footage, so yeah, that explains it. Blackman takes a back elbow but he instantly replies with a backbreaker. He then tries to remove the mask but the Blazer escapes by snapping Blackman's neck over the top rope. Michael Cole tells Owen that Raw was live last week, the footage wasn't doctored and Owen says I don't care, it wasn't me. As Blackman pulls off the hard stopping chest chop, Owen says he's had enough. He leaves the commentary table and he trips Blackman up from the outside. Owen then attacks Big Stevie Cool inside the rope, so that's gonna be a DQ folks. Just as the blazer applies the dragon sleeper, Goldust comes out to lend Blackman a hand. Owen gets taken out, Goldust chases the blazer back up the ramp, and Owen falls victim to the Blackman torpedo as the bizarre one catches up to the masked superhero. Goldust then holds the blazer so Steve motherfucking Blackman can remove the mask, and it's Jeff Jarrett, Double J's the blue blazer. Owen, <laughs> Owen says he can't see who this man is and he acts oblivious as usual even though Jarrett's standing right in front of him. So there you go, both Owen and Jeff are wearing the blue blazer outfit. Backstage Mark Henry gets invited to watch Jackie and Terry take a shower and after a commercial break we can see that Dato's beginning to lose his patience. That Mark Henry eh, what a dirty dog. Speaking of dirty dogs, here comes Van Hammer for his match against Barry Windham. The only thing we 
get to see that's remotely interesting is this suplex from Barry, and that's because Ric Flair hits the ring to get revenge for what Wyndham did on Thunder. Rick destroys his old horseman teammate in the corner before tossing him across the ring. Eventually it goes to the outside where Rick chops at Wyndham and he hits Barry with a low blow. The beating continues with Flair sticking his thumbs in Barry Wyndham's eyes. That looks nasty. In the ring, Barry begs for mercy. He then tries to fight Rick, but it's no use. Wyndham takes a second low blow, a third low blow, a fourth and a fifth. My god, the dick of Barry Wyndham completely perished on this night. Here comes Vincent to save Wyndham's wiener and here comes the enforcer to ensure Wyndham's worm continues to get pummeled by the nature boy. Malenko and Benoit ensure that Brian Adams and Horace don't make it down to the ring and the crowd's going insane here. Bobby Heenan says this is the action the horsemen should have taken years ago when the NWO debuted. It goes to the back and into the other half of the dome that's not open to the public. In security end up pepper spraying Benoit because he's completely uncontrollable. Benoit and Malenko get handcuffed while back in the ring Flair grabs a mic to cut a promo. Next up on Raw, it's the Road Dog vs The Boss Man. On Nitro, we've got that Ric Flair promo and the Jerry Flynn vs Booker T match. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Shut up. So Road Dog's got his work cut out for him tonight. He's going up against double champion the big boss man after all. And gotta say, what a career revival boss man's had since returning to the WWF. Road Dog says he has a cousin who spent time in a correctional facility down in Cobb County and apparently boss man and his mates liked getting funky with their nightsticks. I mean boss man could yeah I've got nothing. Rody thinks Bossman's too much of a chicken to put the hardcore belt on the line for this match and Bossman says he'll do it. He'll show Road Dog what hardcore is all about and he'll also show him what hard times are all about. If he uses that nightstick then yeah, hard times indeed daddy-o. Jesse's early attack gets stopped with a big old spine buster. We get a good look at the boss man stretching Road Dog's face before James gets sent into the opposite corner. The match goes to the outside where Road Dog uses a bacon tray on his opponent. Bossman then tries to use the ring steps but he gets a bucket in the face instead. The weapon based warfare continues with Bossman using the tray this time before the match goes into the audience. James gets sent over the guardrail and through a table and the Bossman then uses a conveniently placed broom to his advantage. It gets back in the ring where Bossman whips Jesse like the dog he is. It's at this point where you realise having Shawn Michaels in your faction pays for itself because the big boss man pulls out a bag of Snortsky but look at that, what a waste. He just wanted a wee line in the middle of the match for crying out loud. Bossman gets whipped with his own belt before he turns it around and we again go back into the audience. This time Bossman wraps a pre-prepared noose around Road Dog's neck so yeah, the Bossman came prepared tonight. The match ends when Road Dog puts a trash can over Bossman's head and he jumps off the barrier with a strike. Bossman thinks he's once again turned it around after throwing Road Dog from guardrail to guardrail but then McFoley appears with a net. A net, yeah. The net gets thrown over the boss man, Mankind then uses his own personal nightstick to whack boss man on the head and Road Dog wins the match via pinfall, we have a new hardcore champion. This time HBK doesn't show up, Bossman did agree to a title match after all and yeah I thought this one was pretty good, good job by both men. On Nitro, Rick gets emotional when he says he knows he's not perfect but he's always been able to walk into his house and be forgiven for the bad things he's done in life. 
Flair says Bischoff tried to shit-can Rick's career, and yes, he did say that on TV, which is odd for TNT. But the fans kept chanting Flair's name, and the fans wouldn't let Bischoff get rid of one of WCW's cornerstones. The lawyers Bischoff hired nearly broke the Nature Boy, but Flair came back because Reed wondered why his dad wouldn't just show up again to kick Bischoff's ass. Flair always told his son to never quit, but Rick almost quit when he watched his kids get beaten up in the ring and when that filthy bastard Eric kissed the Nature Boy's wife. Bischoff then shows up, he's making fun of Rick, so Rick dashes up the rampway and security step in to arrest the Nature Boy. Bischoff says take it easy, Flair's got a bad heart after all, and Flair screams that he's gonna kill Eric as soon as he gets his hands on him. Eric's loving it, he rubs it in as Flair's brought back through the entranceway. And that's it, that's the final piece of build up towards the Starcade match. As a matter of fact, everything you see tonight are the final pieces for each and every Starcade match build up, because there are no new episodes of Thunder until 1999. Next up, Jerry Lynn with an F tried his luck against Booker T and you can guess how that went. Two and a half minutes of action here folks, which is a minute longer than Smiley vs Ikea, but remember, 13 and a half minutes for Finley and Putski, I, I just don't get it. Booker hits his running forearm followed by a back elbow, Mullet Man then shows off his sick karate skills before hitting Booker with a back elbow of his own, but this just infuriates Booker T. Booker pulls off the axe kick, a spine buster and a back suplex before heading up top. Jerry Flynn loses the match after taking Booker T's missile dropkick. Still, it is fun watching Booker's offense, so it wasn't completely terrible. Mark Henry's getting down and dirty with Jackie and Terry because he's an absolute horn dog. We're talking neck collars, gags, whipped cream, Terry wanting to bring some um, good vibrations, and Mark finding himself getting blindfolded and handcuffed to the table. My my. While all this is going on, Dilo's outside doing some push-ups. There's no way Mark's going to be ready for this upcoming tag team match. There's no chance at all. Meanwhile, Briscoe and Patterson are trying to talk Shane out of wrestling mankind tonight, but Shane's hell-bent on getting revenge. Pat Patterson says that Shane's even worse than his dad. The match is gonna happen, and there's nothing these stooges can do about it. Next, we've got Scorpio and Holly versus the Acolytes on Raw, while on Nitro, it's Kenny Chaos versus Lex Luger. Alright, so my boy Kenny Chaos has a big task ahead of him tonight, but if anyone can overthrow Lex and survive the forearm and the wreck, then it's Kenny. It starts off well with Lex taking a body slam, Chaos mocks Lex and the Wolfpack because he's absolutely hilarious, but Flexi Lexi comes back with a body slam of his own and now the total package is all annoyed. The ref tries to stop Lex from doing something he might regret later, like I don't know, win this wrestling match, but Chaos fires back with an inverted atomic drop and a back elbow, only scoring a two. Lex takes a few kicks, he gets choked out on the bottom rope before taking a body slam. Chaos pulls off a second rope leg drop, but once again, Lex kicks out at two. Lex then hits his clotheslines, he nails Chaos with the bionic forearm. Robbie Rage then appears on the apron, and he costs Kenny the match. High voltage explodes on Monday Nitro, ladies and gents. Lex wins with the torture rack, and after the bell, we learn that Robbie's annoyed with Kenny teaming up with Rick Steiner, like, what, a month ago or something? Two months ago? No joke, by the way, Robbie actually says that Kenny needs to check himself before he wrecks himself, while Kenny tries to explain he wants to pay his dues and stay with high voltage. At least I think that's what he said, because Nitro takes a commercial break before we get a resolution. On Raw, the tag team match starts off as another wild brawl, and this seems to be an acolyte's trait. 
Bob Holly takes a hard punch to the face and he replies with a low blow and a clothesline. But Bradshaw comes in to help his partner and Holly falls victim to a double shoulder block. Bradshaw performs a big boot followed by a body slam. He then rushes at Scorpio, showing no fear by getting into the opposition's corner and of course he pays for it. But the job squad's double backdrop fails and this allows Farouk to help Bradshaw from the apron. The acolytes hit Scorpio with a double spine buster and check it out, an unintentional ref bump, you don't see that too often. All four men fight in the ring, Scorpio and Farouk end up going to the outside while Bradshaw nails Holly with a clothesline from hell. Holly then gets powerbombed and the acolytes take turns at beating Scorpio at the announce table, so the referee disqualifies Farouk and Bradshaw and the job squad get the win. It still feels like the acolytes haven't shown what they are capable of on Monday Night TV. Yes, we know they're brawlers, but these consistent DQs and non-finishes don't help them too much. It's already getting predictable, but thankfully that changes very soon. It's time for Shane McMahon vs Mankind on Raw. On Nitro, Alex Wright takes on Conan. Guys, it's a dark, dark day indeed, and no, it's not because Disco's in the ring right now, it's because Saturday Ride Fever is seemingly over. Disco tells Conan that Alex has lost his mind recently and K-Dog needs a fellow Wolfpack member in his corner. Only problem is, of course, Conan doesn't believe Disco's part of the group. Disco says his shirt says from Nash to Disco on the tag and he's adamant that he's part of the faction. But Conan says Nash is busy right now with Starcade coming up so all this will be dealt with later on. Alex comes out and there's no Saturday Ride Fever, he's not dancing anymore. And this is it, Alex won't be competing in the ring anymore following this match and we won't see him again until the middle of next year. I I need a moment. This is this is difficult. One more time for old time's sake. I, I'm gonna dry my eyes. Goodbye Alex White. I will miss your big bratwurst in my face every Thursday night. Oh big bratwurst. Big Bratwurst. Let's enjoy this one then. Alex starts off with a wrist lock before pulling off a fireman's carry. You know he wants to dance, but he doesn't do it. Conan pulls off an arm drag and he transitions into a pin attempt. Alex counters and the two get back to their feet. Alex is like talk to the hand because the Bratwurst isn't listening. After two arm drags, Daz Wonderkin gets out of the ring and he takes a break. We come back from commercials to see Alex choking Conan with his own chain. And after a few clubbing blows, Alex sends K-Dog out of the ring. When the match resumes, Alex ties Conan up like a pretzel but Conan refuses to give up. So our hero goes upstairs and Conan says his sausage is bigger than Alex's. Fueled with rage, Alex gets down and he goes after K-Dog but he takes the seated dropkick followed by the rolling lariat. Conan pulls off the float over bulldog but it was more like a little walkover bulldog. And the match ends with the K-Factor facebuster followed by the tequila sunrise. Alex is angry, he throws a hissy fit in the middle of the ring and he then goes outside so he can hit the ring post and the apron with a steel chair. Conan's distracted by Alex and this gives Conan's Starcade opponent Chris Jericho the opportunity to hit the ring and launch an attack. Jericho puts the TV belt on Conan's face before hitting a lion salt and Chris then puts the belt around his waist before leaving the ring. It was a sad piece of television but we shouldn't be sad that Alex is gone. We should be happy that he graced us with his presence for so, so long. 
Over on Raw, Mankind and Shane get in the ring and Briscoe's distraction allows Shane to get in the first punch. Mick invites Shane to take more shots and then Mick has enough and the boy wonder takes a jumping clothesline. The corporation watch on from the stage and it looks like Shawn Michaels is telling his teammates not to interfere as Mick hits a double arm DDT. Foley then grabs a chair and a microphone, Foley tells Shane to get up, old Saint Mick has a Christmas surprise for him. Shane ducks when Mankind goes to swing and Mick then tells Shane to take the chair and make his dad proud. Foley invites McMahon Jr. to hit him as hard as he can. Mankind calls Shane gutless, he turns his back and Shane hits Foley. It unfortunately has no effect however. Mankind beats the hell out of Shane and he makes easy work of the Stooges too. Sean's telling the corporation to stay put but things aren't looking good in the ring right now for Shane -o. Shane takes a knee to the face, he takes the mandible claw and his facial expressions are right on the money. And then The Rock hits the ring to take out Mick. Remember though, Mick has some friends tonight. X-Pac shows up to hit Shane with a Bronco Buster and DX keep the corporation from getting in the ring. The fans loved this and it was really fun to watch on TV. And give credit to Shane for having such little experience, he played his part perfectly. After the match, the Stooges begin to panic about Vince's return to the arena and D'Lo starting to panic too about Mark Henry. Mark still hasn't returned from his 2 on 1 encounter behind closed doors and he's got a tag team match coming up next on Raw. Disco Inferno issues an open challenge next on Nitro, on Raw D'Lo has to face the headbangers all alone. Disco isn't dancing tonight either so thank god for Norman Smiley, that man saved reliving the war from a sudden drop in viewership. The Inferno says, apparently, he has to prove he's worthy of wearing his Wolfpack shirt, so he challenges anyone from the black and white to come out and fight him in the middle of the ring. He doesn't care if it's Vincent, Horace or even Bagwell, Disco will take on anybody. Well, it looks like he forgot that the giant's part of the black and white, be careful what you wish for Disco. It doesn't go so well for the Inferno, he ends up getting thrown out of the ring after running into the Jan twice. He tries a single leg takedown and that doesn't work either. The Jan punches Disco in the mouth before slapping him around in the corner and the beating continues with a headbutt to the midsection before Jan chokes Disco with his big boot. Disco then gets a chance to pull off the chartbuster but no, not today Disco. Jan signals for the choke slam and the Inferno takes it all the way from the top rope. Shivani says the Jan calls this one the slam dunk. Disco loses the match and Jan grabs the mic. He wonders where DDP is right now and he concludes that he's probably lying somewhere dead. That's uh, quite the assumption there, big man. If that cockroach page isn't dead, then he will become Starcade. Jan's gonna pull DDP's arms and legs off and when it's all said and done, Jan's gonna squish Dallas under his thumb. Page appears in the audience, he calls Jan fathead. <laughs> and Dallas acknowledges that the Jan put him down last week but Page always gets back up. As a matter of fact, Page is all was jacked up. Jant may be the biggest of the two, he may be the strongest, but he's not the smartest. Somehow, this Sunday, Paige will wrap his arms around Jant's fat head. Let me help you feel the So D'Lo and the Headbangers make their way down to the ring while Mark Henry's uh, he's a little busy right now, Jesus. The Headbangers get the early advantage and it looks like this one's over before it even begins, but uh, everyone's surprised, D'Lo pulls off the running powerbomb early on and it looks like he may have a chance. Mosh kicks out a 2, Thrasher comes in and D'Lo's valiant effort continues with a sky high. 
Jerry Lawler and Michael Cole are laughing at the freaky shit Mark Henry's getting up to right now. His balls are clamped, he's getting hot wax poured over him apparently. And Lawler says Jackie and Terry have introduced gerbils to the session, it's absolutely wild. In the end, the numbers are too much and Delo ends up losing after a double flapjack. He tried his best, but he was never gonna win this one. Eventually, Mark Henry appears on the stage and he says he's sorry, he was all tied up, but he gets no sympathy from Delo. Looks like Mark needs to sort out his priorities if he wants to continue being in this tag team. We end Raw with The Rock and Tess versus Triple H and X-Pac. On Nitro, Scott Hall takes on Goldberg. Again, there's not too much runtime left on Nitro and it always pains me to see this as the competitors make their way down to the ring. When Reliving the War wraps up, I'll always remember WCW's overall show planning and timekeeping being one of Nitro's negative points. It's always been like this. The bell sounds, the two lock up and Scott gets shoved to the mat. Paul tries to soften up the arm and shoulder but Goldberg counters with a few knee strikes followed by a hard fireman's carry. A shoulder block floors Scott again and the crowd get to their feet, someone's walking to ringside and it's big sexy Kevin Nash. Nash watches on as his old buddy fails to scoop Goldberg up for the follow away slam and instead Scott gets slammed to the mat. Goldberg tells Nash that that one was for big sexy. The champ gets a little too distracted by Kevin and this leads to Scott getting the upper hand. We then see that fall away slam but Goldberg no sells it and Scott gets speared out of his boots. Nash pulls Scott out of the ring, Bam Bam Bigelow then shows up to attack Goldberg and the show quickly fades to black. <sighs> Nash said earlier that the streaks at 173-0 and so did Michael Buffer. Goldberg won this match via DQ so that means it's 174 wins and oh. Since Nitro last week, Goldberg wrestled three more matches. He beat the Giant at house shows on the 18th and 19th of December. He then defeated Bam Bam Bigelow on the 20th of December. So that means the reliving the war number for Goldberg's streak is 158 wins and oh, giving us a difference of 16. I'm not going to pretend like you guys don't know what happens at Starcade, so there you have it. Every single time Goldberg came to the ring, I checked this number and looked up the matches. The number was inflated by 16, and honestly, that's nowhere near as bad as what everyone, including the WWE and their documentaries, make it out to be. Also, there's a common misconception, actually no, it's an accepted fact, that Goldberg's final number was 173 and 0. Shivani even says this at the beginning of Starcade. Goldberg will put 173 wins without a loss on the line tonight. But then Michael Buffer says later it's 174. Here, have a listen. Has defeated 174 consecutive opponents. Now, just to remind you, Nash did say earlier on during Nitro that it was 173. Bill Goldberg is 173 and oh. And Buffer again said 173 as Goldberg came to the ring to wrestle Scott Hall. Has taken him through 173 consecutive opponents. So, the DQ win on Nitro obviously brings it to 174. You could argue that Hall didn't get DQ'd in the Nitro match, but Goldberg still came out of the match undefeated. The thing is, the quote-unquote official number that's echoed by WWE and every wrestling website is 173 wins, and it's hilarious that even the official number can be proved wrong by watching Nitro the week prior. But hey, if WCW want to undersell themselves again, then fair enough. Heenan announces 173 at the end of Starcade, so that's going to be the final number, even though it can be proved categorically wrong by watching Nitro the week prior. Fucking crazy. Vince McMahon's arrived back to Raw and Briscoe immediately says it wasn't my fault. 
the Stooges can't get their words out and Vince is immediately concerned about Shane, so the chairman enters the arena before the main event. Shawn Michaels comes to the ring with the corporation and he says the corporate team are in the Christmas spirit tonight and the boys apparently want to get a good close look at this next matchup. The rest of DX, however, have to hit the bricks and they need to leave the ringside area. Vince McMahon then shows up and he says, no, DX should stay, it is Christmas after all and DX should stick around to see what's gonna happen. By the way, Shawn Michaels is off his rocker tonight, excuse the pun. His voice is all messed up and he's talking really slowly, we have seen HBK like this before, unfortunately. The match begins with The Rock laying the smackdown on X-Pac but a few sweet arm drags from the kid puts the corporate champ on the mat. Hunter then tags in and here we go, Rock tags in test and absolutely no pressure here big man, you're only in the raw main event with some of the biggest names in the business. Tess takes control early on and you immediately draw comparisons to Big Kevin Nash. He even pulls off the corner knee strikes just like Big Sexy. Triple H comes back when Tess goes for a backdrop and Tess goes down after a clothesline. The big man then gets rocked in the corner with a few forearms but the people's champ distracts Hunter and Tess pulls off a big boot. The corporate champ comes in, he takes control and he softens up Triple H before tagging his partner back in and there's a sidewalk slam from the corporation's insurance policy. So that's knee strikes in the corner, a big boot, a sidewalk slam. If Tess's finisher was a jackknife powerbomb then I'd say the WWF were doing this on purpose but thankfully that's not the case. Tess misses a corner charge, X-Pac comes in, the kid fires up and Tess ends up taking a bronco buster. But the big man gets right back up and he's able to throw X-Pac out of the ring. On the outside, The Rock smashes X-Pac's nutsack on the ring post and Vince McMahon likes what he sees. This allows the corporation to take control back inside the ropes, so we're going to build towards a Triple H hot tag. The corporation watch on as X-Pac gets body slammed by The Rock and we see the corporate elbow. Once again, it's accompanied by some DX crotch chopping. Triple H breaks up the cover and this does more harm than good seeing as the ref gets distracted and X-Pac takes a low blow. A spinning back kick gives Pac the break he's looking for and both he and Tess tag out. Hunter fires up on both both his opponents and he takes Rock out with the Harley race knee while Tess takes the facebreaker knee smash. Tess then gets pedigreed, Rock breaks up the cover, the lights go out in the arena and Kane's entrance music plays. This means trouble for the corporation. The big red machine makes his way down to the ring, the corporate team back off, but then Kane shocks everyone when he goes after Triple H. Hunter gets chokeslammed, Kane then goes after Billy Gunn and the Road Dog. He gets stopped by the corporation when he goes after The Rock, but Kane refocuses and X-Pac also takes a chokeslam. China makes the mistake of hitting Kane with a forearm and Raw fades the black just as China's about to get chokeslammed. We're now dealing with corporate Kane it seems and we'll have to wait until next week to get some answers. Raw continues to kill it in the main events, but honestly, I think Nitro was better this week overall. Eddie Guerrero vs Rey Mysterio, Flair losing his mind, Scott and Buff getting some serious heat even if it was pretty cheap, and I also thought that Nash delivered a good promo before the big Starcade match. Both shows had weak points this week and it wasn't a brilliant week for the WWF or WCW, but overall I'd recommend checking out Nitro this week if I had to choose one over the other. Raw's on 81 points, Nitro's now on 66 points, and we've got 18 ties. In the TV ratings, both shows dropped in viewership, but remember, it's the holiday season. Raw got a 4.7, and Nitro got a 4.0. 
Starcade's up next and the show gets covered on the channel this Sunday. It's another landmark pay-per-view of the Monday Night Wars, so I hope you come over later in the week to watch the video. You can see videos early along with videos not available on YouTube over on Patreon. Thank you very, very much for watching as always. We've nearly wrapped up 1998 and we've come a long, long way, guys. And I really appreciate you sticking with the series for this long. Take care, everyone, and I'll see you this Sunday for Starcade 98.